0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: You have brain cancer, and it's terminal. There is no cure. Talk about feeling weak. At that moment, my wife and I, were just devastated. Had a young daughter four years old, and I just couldn't make any sense out of it. Why, God? Why would you allow this?
0: Jay Hewitt shares his journey of turning toward Jesus, even when circumstances urged him to turn away. A truly awe-inspiring testimony of courage and faith, next.
2: Welcome to Life Today, I'm Randy Robinson. Tammy's with me. Hello. Tammy, you know, we hit these points, I know you have, especially with the tragedy in your life, where you just feel like you have nothing in the tank. You are weak, you are done. Empty. Do you ever think, at that point, I feel strong?
3: No, I I don't think I ever, in the middle of just facing something that just took the wind out of me did I feel strong. It's taken me seasons and, and being intentional right. about trying to come back to life again and, and yeah. choosing life and looking at it with a different lens. It's, it's tough. It's like really hard. It is. It's never and I felt think, strong.
2: I think a part of that different lens is hearing stories like the one you're going to hear today because mm-hmm. it can kind of go, hmm, if God can do that for that person, yeah. maybe I should look at things a little differently. And uh, that's why I'm excited to have Jay Hewitt with us who is the author of a book called I Am Weak. I am strong uh, because Jay's got quite the story. So Jay, man, so good to have you.
1: Thank you, it's wonderful to be here with you all.
2: Uh, I don't even want to try to you know, tease this. I want to let you tell it because it's one of those that you just look at and you go, okay, wow, wow. So take us back to the moment that everything changed.
1: Yeah, you know, life was going well until it wasn't. So out of nowhere, I had a seizure. I didn't even know what hit me. Never had anything like this before. And so I went to my general practitioner, sent me to a neurologist, all over the place. We were trying to figure this out. And finally, one Sunday, i just gotten off the stage from from preaching, and I went home and I got a call from a neurosurgeon. And he told me, you have a a tumor right in the center of your brain. It's about the size of a ping pong ball. Mm. And it's going to take a high-risk surgery to get that tumor out, and then we'll find out. We'll find out if it's cancerous or not. and after surviving a very high-risk surgery with miraculous results we got the diagnosis back and it was this you have brain cancer and it's terminal there is no cure and talk about feeling weak at that moment my wife and I were just devastated had a young daughter four years old Mm. and I just couldn't make any sense out of it why God Mm -hmm. why would you allow this where did even go from there? I mean, I,
3: yeah, I, right? I'll,
1: I'll tell you where I went. Okay, I went to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's where yes. I went. Come I dropped in. my daughter <laughs> off at school and then went, went and got some saturated fat. <laughs> and it was in the parking lot at Dunkin' Donuts where I had this moment of choosing: Am I going to walk away from my faith, or am I going to turn towards Jesus? Mm. And I, I can't tell you exactly why, but instinctually, I turned towards God in prayer. I think it's because of some wrestling that I've done in my past and I very honestly directly almost sternly asked God what are you doing Mm -hmm. what are you Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. I asked him and then he responded he responded just like Jesus told us the Holy Spirit would do he reminded us of the teachings of Jesus and the Holy Spirit took my soul, my spirit, my mind, my heart, all of me to 2 Corinthians 12 verses 9 and 10. I asked God, what are you doing? And he answered me very similarly to the way he answered the Apostle Paul. And he told me, my grace is sufficient Mm. for my power is perfected in weakness. Mm -hmm. And then I came to the same conclusion that the Apostle Paul came to. Well then, when I'm weak, I'm actually strong. Mm. And I took him at his word. I took him at his word, and I, I left Dunkin' Donuts that day knowing somehow, someway, God's going to demonstrate his power through my weakness. Wow. Okay. So you're a
2: pastor at that point. I was, yes. So, I mean, you probably preached a sermon on this a time or two.
1: Yeah, it comes off a little differently, right? Before <laughs> you go through real, something like this I, and I, know, you know, while you're
2: going through. But I think there's a preparation involved there, too, so that God could bring that back to mind for you. Uh, so you're you're... Response to, you know, let God be your strength. Never in a million years would I respond the way you did.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy, right? So, so what, what brought that on? Yeah, so uh, I learned from uh, Henry Blackaby from his Experiencing God workbook years and years before when I was in college to pray two prayers God, where are you working? And how can I join you? Um, and my, my first prayer so at Dunkin' good. Donuts was basically that. God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he revealed that the work was going to be in me and through me. So, God, what are you doing? You're going to demonstrate your power through me. And so then I prayed the next prayer. How can I join you? Hmm. God, how can I cooperate? Hmm. And at that point, I wouldn't say it was the Lord spoke to me, but it was kind of a nudge from the Holy Spirit. And I got this crazy idea of what if at my weakest, when I've just barely recovered from a second brain surgery, when I've just started radiation and chemotherapy, what if I attempted something that I never thought I could do at my strongest? What if I attempted an Ironman triathlon? And an Ironman triathlon, in case you don't know, because yeah, yeah, I didn't quite know yeah. Yeah. what I was getting myself into, but it is a triathlon that's 140 miles, and you've got to do it in under 17 hours.
2: 140 miles of what?
1: Well, of First, you swim two and a half miles. <laughs> Most people can't do that. Right? I couldn't. Yeah. I, there, no, no way could I do that at that point. And then you cycle 112 miles. Another thing that I was not able to do <laughs> at that point. And then after you've done both those things, then you just finish it off with a marathon. A marathon, 26.2. Yeah, why right. not?
2: You know there's a thing called a sprint triathlon, right? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. But
1: you did the big granddaddy of them all. Yes. Why? Well, a couple reasons. One. I was taking God at his word, and what better way to demonstrate that at my weakest, it's God's power working through me than to -hmm. to go on the grand level. Mm -hmm. Another reason is because I wanted to give my daughter a grand gesture of love. Little four-year-old, I wanted to dedicate my race to her as a grand gesture of love and to teach her that all things are possible with God. I wanted her to see what resilient faith looked like.
3: Can I ask you a really honest question? Um. Thinking about your daughter. Thinking about. Terminal, the word. Has it been somewhat easier for you? To think about, I don't know how much life I have left. Do you struggle with even the thought of death? Do I have a year left? Do I have six months? Do I have two years? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, so as a follower of Jesus myself, it was pretty easy to come to, to peace with, yeah, I'm going to pass away at some point, right. and it's all gain. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all gain on the other side. Mm-hmm. However, what, what weighs heavier on me is my family, mm-hmm. my wife and my daughter. Sure. And just like I went to Jesus in prayer and said, what are you doing? I've also gone to prayer and said, will you take care of my family? And so I had this very honest, very real moment of prayer where again, God was so gracious. And He, he enlightened my heart and my soul to say, yes, I've got them. Yes. Yes, I've got them. Yes. And then you asked about the day-to-day moments. My wife is so wise. In the middle of the year worth of training for this triathlon, she said to me, she said, Jay, you're teaching your daughter from a distance. Mm-hmm. But what about up close? Training for an Ironman takes a lot of time, but I was on medical leave. So I could take my daughter to school, drop her off. My wife would go to work and I'd train during that time. But then this little thing called COVID-19 hit. And now my wife who's a professor is giving lectures from home. My daughter's no longer at school and she's bothering my wife and I'm out on a bike ride. And so it just became so stressful on my family. And I thought, Lord, did I? Was that nudge just ridiculousness from from me? And I had to really wrestle with that. But in the midst of that wrestling, Natalie said to me, what about up close? And so I I gave Hero a journal when I crossed the finish line and it's a resilience journal. And we worked on it all the time together. And after a year and a half of that shoulder to shoulder, uh, we finished the journal and she loves it. And now we do daddy-daughter adventures. So you, you've probably heard of daddy-daughter dates, and we do stuff like that, but I also want to make sure we're doing adventures where we're really working on that, on that resilience piece because we all need it. We all need it, and I want to gift that to her.
2: What was the prognosis at the time, even after the surgeries?
1: So, yeah, so after the surgeries, two highly successful surgeries, the, the prognosis was just a couple years. Means, Still? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because okay. they, they told we're... me, they said, you know, there's, there's no cure for this. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna do radiation and chemo. It'll slow it down a little bit, but it doesn't. It doesn't do what it what this can do for other cancers. But you've doubled that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So where where
2: do you sit today, as far as physically, but also, I don't know, spiritually, relationally, emotionally? Uh, yeah.
3: Where,
1: where are you? Oh, those are big questions. <laughs> That's something you could write a book on, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have. Um, with, with my type of cancer, there's no remission. It's called a chronic cancer. So even though I feel pretty good right now. Yeah, you look great. Thank you. The, the medical community says, yes, but there are still cancer cells scattered throughout your brain. And at some point, those are going to turn on, and those are going to overtake your brain and your body and your life. Um, mm. And every time I go in for a scan, because it's, it's been so long, it, it's like the medical community is thinking, OK, it's possible that we're not gonna see any new tumor, but it's not probable. <laughs> but I feel like I've received enough from the Lord to when I walk in, I have this piece of, it's possible that they'll see a new tumor, but it's not probable. I've, I've flipped it yeah. on its head, yeah, and, yeah. and I live that way. I live that way.
3: Yes, and how did you get to a place of understanding the concept of allowing something like this to really transform your life for the good?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, I think it happened early on when I decided to take on this Ironman and I started training. And I would, I would wake up so fatigued, headache, nausea, and I would start my training every day the same way. Lord, give me strength. Okay. And then I'd put my feet on the ground and I would trust in his power and I'd get up. And so as I was going through this year of training, I was also understanding that I was going through a year of transformation. Yes. That's not gonna stop when I cross the finish line, if I could cross the finish line. Here's <laughs> what
2: I am curious about, though, because you mentioned COVID while you're training, and that threw everything off. I mean, there, there were no Ironmans during COVID that I know of, right? At right. least for, not for a while. Yeah. But yet, that had a weird way of creating another moment that was special to you.
1: Yes, absolutely. So by this point, Ironman had heard about my story. And so they brought me on as an Ironman athlete because I embodied their anything is possible motto. And uh, I got a call from them and they told me we're shutting down every Ironman in the world. So we're going to we're going to adjust. We're going to show some resilience and we're going to do our first ever full distance virtual race. And I said, well, what's that? And they said, well, you know, you wear your Garmin sports watch, and you'll connect it to an app, and we'll we'll measure, you know, time and distance and all of that, no, they can do that. Uh, through can that. It. I said, yeah, but but how does it really work? And they said, well, you'll you'll plan your 140 mile route, and then you'll you'll set up your own aid stations, you'll staff it with volunteers, um, and it's all on you. I told them it's kind of uh, married man speak for no. I said, let me check with my wife. <laughs> I'll get back to you. And so I, I asked Natalie, and like I said before, she's so wise, she, her response is, I think you should do it. Mm. If you plan it and you plan it here, mm. your family will be there, your congregation members will be there, your friends, you'll have support yes. here. Yeah. And I didn't yes. realize that. And I thought, that's right, that's right. And then, this was the kicker though, she said, and if you can, if you can set the course, you can put the finish line right in front of our house. <laughs> and when I, when I realized that this was becoming a metaphor for mm. me, that just as I was battling cancer, I was fighting for my life to make it home to my family every day.
3: Mm.
1: Now, for 140 miles, now I get to race with everything that I have to make it home to the finish line to be with my family. And that changed it all for me. I called Ironman back and I said, we're in. Yeah. We're in, we'll yes. figure this out. Yes. And sure enough, my church family rallied around me, my, my, my biological family. everybody pitched in, everybody was in, and I had more than enough support to pull this off. When your
2: daughter's grown and looks back on this, whether you're here or whether you're not here,
1: mm.
2: what do you want her to take away?
1: You know, so there, there is a moment in in the race where it didn't look like I was gonna make it. It just something happened with my body and I won't go into detail, but it was not good. And, and I realized I gotta make peace with the fact that all this training has gone into this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna see her at the finish line. And I changed my mantra and I, and I said in this prayer, God, I've got nothing to prove, just an example to set. All these people waiting for me at the finish line, I've got nothing to prove. I just have an example to set. Mm. And that is, I want to look my daughter in the eyes and let her know, honey, you're so loved. And I will give it my all. I will give it my all to make it home to you. And then God is good. The, the people that he called to support me, they were good. And they were able to change things for me, my body changed miraculously i was able to keep going and i made it to the finish line and what i told her at the finish line is what i hope just will reverberate in her heart and soul and that she'll understand it to a deeper level and this is what i told her i crossed the finish line and i said honey if i can do it you can do it because we serve the same god the god who delights in demonstrating his power through our weakness Honey, God is gonna put dreams in your heart. Go after those dreams, but do not be surprised when your enemy knocks you down, mm. but hold on to the hope of Jesus. Do not let go, hold on to the hope of Jesus. And it's his power, get up, stay strong, press on and see for yourself that all things are possible through Jesus. You know,
3: Pastor, and if, if you don't have a father in your life, that could say that stuff to you at a finish line today. Mm -hmm. When you were saying all of that, I just envisioned Father God saying that to so many people Mm. that don't have a father in their life or have never been told those things. That you were made for more. That God will get you to your final destination that you can conquer anything. It is within you because of who Christ is within you. You are loved, you are highly valued. So many people have never been told that. I'm so grateful your daughter has a father like you. you. Jay, what a gift you are. What a gift we all have in a relationship with Jesus, that our Father speaks that over us every Mm. single day. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I got emotional there, but I just—I know the gift of a father, and I know the gift of my father.
2: I, and you know, I, I understand the struggle of wanting to be there for your kids, and not fearing for your own life, but almost fearing for them. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the, when I hit that moment, because I have hit that moment, not with a diagnosis like yours, God kind of gently, lovingly reminded me I, I actually love your kids more than you are able to. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? Yeah. Um, and that doesn't get us off the hook from doing anything that we, you know, we should do in obedience. Absolutely not. But, you know, God. His ability, his capacity for love is so much beyond ours. And that kind of switches that, you know, I, the motivation becomes. I'm going to obey because of the love that I've experienced. And that's, that's why I appreciate what so many of our viewers have done over the years through our mission outreaches to say, look, God loves these children who are in need. And they, they're not even my own children. But because of God's love for me, I, I'm going to reach out and do something for them. Because you know what? Some of them, they don't know, they don't know God. They don't know, know Jesus. They don't know the gospel. I know. And when we walk in with a clean cup of water, mm-hmm. which for them looks like a water well, yeah. we say, hey, look, here's life. Yeah. Both in this cup, but let me tell you about eternal life.
3: Yes.
2: And, and you know, we can't do it on our own.
3: No. But we don't have to. No. It...
2: We're weak, but yeah. God is strong.
3: Exactly. And
2: so I want just to take a moment to invite you into something where God's power changes everything. Watch this, and you'll understand.
4: I've just been talking to Monica, and she's been explaining her story to me, the story of her life, the story of how water has impacted that life. She's got five children. But then she explained that she's lost two of those children. She lost them because of exactly where we're sitting today, where we found her and what she's doing. She actually said, she said, this water, maybe it looks like it's clean to you. I've got to tell you, it doesn't look clean to me at all. But she said, maybe it looks clean to you. She said, but you don't know what's in there. And she explained how she lost two children because of waterborne disease. The pain was so evident when she spoke about the fact that that she had lost these children. That's why she cried out to God as she said, angrily, said, why didn't I die first? I can understand. I think you can understand. If we lost our children, I think we'd feel exactly the same. Why could I not have died first? But you know what else she said? She said that she dreams of having a water well here. Right now, what her immediate need is, is water. Monica's story broke my heart. I'm sure it's broken yours. But don't leave it at that. You can't leave it there. Because then, all we're left with is three broken hearts. Yours, mine, and Monica's. And what Monica's left with is no future for the three children that remain. But if you'll act today, we can make Monica's dreams come true. If you give that gift to Water for Life, you'll be giving life for Monica, life for her children, and life for the people of this area.
3: Isak, I do understand. I'm with you on this, my brother. Absolutely. I would do anything to help her dreams come true because she's not asking me to build her a million dollar house she's not asking me to buy her a brand new car or even pay her debt she's just saying could you bring me some clean water could you drill a well and, and help save children in this village and families in this village that could change everything for them could you just do that and so for me to think about helping her to make her dream come true it really doesn't take very much to help her do that It's unbelievable how simple it is. We are in 20 nations. We are wanting to build 350 wells this year, hopefully even more. We've got big dreams. We've got big hopes for these people. It only takes $48, and it will provide clean water for 10 people. 144 will provide water for 30 people. And for $4,800, to me, that's it. $4,800, we could go in there and put an entire well in that village for Monica, her family, her friends, that will last for their lifetime, that will be life-giving to them instead of the fear and the worry of death and losing someone they love. Those are kind of dreams I want to be a part of. And we want you to come alongside us in that dream, in that vision, to help make that possible for so many people around the world. Would you go online? Would you make a call to us today? If you've given before, thank you so much. It means the world to us. Maybe today you're in a position where you can give again or a little bit more. I would challenge you. Come alongside us. Let's do it. Let's make some dreams come true right now for these people, Randy.
2: We can. And, you know, I think it's important to say because there are a lot of organizations that do good work and we applaud good works. But when we go in, it's a demonstration of the gospel. We share God's love in word and deed. So yes, we're asking you to meet a practical need today because we can. And God, I think, has entrusted us with it. But we're also asking you to do a supernatural thing, to come in and give them drinking water for their bodies, but to give them that eternal living water for their souls. So I just want to reiterate what Tammy said. Yes. Will you go online? Will you go to the phone? Make the best gift you can. Let's give them water. Let's
0: give them life. Every day, thousands of lives are lost to waterborne disease, and nearly half of those are children under the age of five. Through Mission Water for Life, you can give mothers hope and children a future as we provide clean, life-giving water for thousands of children and their families before it's too late. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 350 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children, A gift of $48 will help provide for $10, $72 will provide for $15, and $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With a gift of any amount, we'll send you Daughter, written by James and Betty's granddaughter, Lainey Renee. This insightful book invites all girls and women to walk in the freedom of their God-given identity and embrace who they really are. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Great is the Lord decorative blanket featuring the words of Psalm 145.3. This beautiful blanket is perfect for comfort in cold weather and a reminder of your help with water for life. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request our new bronze sculpture, A Cup of Water, inspired by Jesus' words in Mark 9:41. Please call write, or make your gift online.
2: You really can make a difference today. You you can save a life. You can share the love of Jesus. I hope you will go to the phone or go online and make the best gift you can. And Tammy, for those interested, which should be everybody, yes, <laughs> request this book. Yes. We would love to send it
3: to you. I am weak. I am strong. Building a Resilient Faith for Resilient Life. It is pure inspiration. Mm-hmm. You need to have it in your life. Honestly, so, so good. Jay, goodness, we love you. Thank you. Praying for a long life, my brother in Christ. Oh, thank you. God bless you so much.
2: How can our viewers pray for you? Oh, yeah.
1: You know,
3: that's good.
1: First, every prayer matters. Mm. And here's why I don't believe that you need a certain amount of prayers before God hears you and acts, but this is what I believe the more people praying, the more glory God gets when he does act. Oh, wow. And so I want to invite everybody to pray for my total healing,
3: Amen.
1: to, to pray for my family, yes. and that just the same strength that he's given to me, he gives to us as a family. Mm. And I also want your prayers for the medical community as they research for a cure for this. Yeah. Not only do I want to be healed, I want many people to be yes. healed through a cure.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: Whew. Wow. Absolutely.
3: I will be praying for you, brother. God's will will be done in the name of Jesus. And we're praying for you as well. We love you. We appreciate you. We're grateful you were here today. We'll see you next time on Life Today.